stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static. This is John Vecchioni. Uh, I'm here with Mark Chenoweth, and we are joined uh, by our colleague, Kara Rollins, to discuss the Lesh case, which is on appeal. And uh, this is an interesting First Amendment matter and an interesting matter in general. Why don't um, I think it's been a while since we've talked about it. Why don't you tell our listeners about this case? What, what's going on and what's the appeal about? Well, particularly for our listeners out in Colorado, uh, David Lesh, he is a former professional skier, I believe, and we'll call him social media provocateur. And I like that description. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's sort of been a, a businessman. A businessman, yeah. He owns a, a com- or uh, was co-founder of a company called Vertica. An which, influencer? And I, no, because I mean, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe sort of loosely, but I tend to think of influencers as people who sort of monetize their accounts. And, and okay. this is, becomes one of the factual issues at issue in this ah. case. And so back in April of 2020, during the COVID shutdowns, uh, David had posted on his personal Instagram an individual snowmobiling um, in land managed by the U.S. Uh, Forest Service. U.S. Forest Service ends up initially charging him with several crimes, and it, it gets down to two counts uh, related to that snowmobiling. But the one that sort of really brings in the First Amendment aspect is he was accused of doing commercial activity on uh, Forest Service managed lands, which, mind you, I mean, this is like the wildest part of that. Doing that without a permit brings up to six months in jail, which is just unbelievable to me. I was shocked when we first found out about that, that this has a, a criminal aspect to it. Um, and so, you know, he, he goes through trial. So, so don't sell T-shirts on, on federal land. Not yeah. without a special use permit. <laughs> and, and in fact, he was just wearing his yeah, gear, no, he wasn't right? selling anything. No, 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 no. There's no images of the gear at all. <laughs> the idea, the, the theory that came forward from the prosecutors and was adopted by the court was, well, he has this company and he goes out, and he does these things, and he takes his, these photos. And in a, a later interview, he indicated that there was an increase in Vertica's sales ah. after the photos were taken. But there's no sort of tie-in in the Instagram post. There's no, this goes back to the influencer. It's not... I'm sitting in Badlands National Park drinking from my Stanley mug at Stanley hashtag promoted because I'm getting money for that. Right. I mean, there's there's a very real difference. We give a ton of examples in our opening brief about, you know, what the government has done here is essentially said if if I own a car company like just a local dealership and I'm wearing my fleece vest and I'm on a hike and I post that. Under the government's theory, I violate the law. I can go to jail for up to six months. And the real kicker here and why we got involved in addition to the speech issue is that I wouldn't get a jury. And that's deeply problematic. I know Mark's making a face right now. Say why we wouldn't get a jury. Because it's six months or less, and that's considered a petty offense. And it's the petty offense exception to the Sixth Amendment. I don't remember that exception in the Constitution. No, and it's something that developed, I I believe it started creeping up in the early 1900s and was fully adopted. And I want to be clear for, again, the listeners in Colorado, when all of this sort of started getting applied to the states, 
either, I think it's either constitutional amendment or the state legislature made it clear that you have the right to a jury trial in a state criminal proceeding in Colorado, regardless of the amount of time that that prison is done. There, there is no petty offense exception in the state of Colorado. Exactly. And it's 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 just sort of wild. But to there's me. also a lot of federal land in Colorado. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of control. But it is just kind of one of those things that you can. And when you look at the Supreme Court cases talking particularly about Sixth Amendment rights and all the things that attach. So we talk about the liberty interest. There is no interest we have as individuals more than our personal liberty. Prison takes that away. And six months is a long time. Six months is enough time to lose a job, miss your kids' birthdays, do all that. I mean, it's not an unsubstantial amount of time or insubstantial amount of time. And and what's the government's answer to this and their response is David's arguments are just quixotic. Like, I, I want to be clear. This is insulting that the United States government has said to somebody who is saying the Sixth Amendment is clear, all crimes, not to mention, you know, there's some in Article 2 that says all crimes are tried by a jury. It's it's there twice. Um, the, the United States government has said that he's swinging at windmills because there's precedent. And I said, well, you know, yeah, there's precedent, but I have the clear words of the Constitution. Yeah, you know what else is precedent? The United States Constitution. <laughs> yes, I know. It, it, it trumps sort of... Uh, precedent. So, you know, that's what we're fighting right now is that everybody looks at this and they say, well, it's been happening for so long. Okay, that doesn't make it right. So yeah, NCLA wasn't here to fight it <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 100 years ago. But we're here now and we're here to tell you that the Sixth Amendment means what it says. Yeah. And, and we have every right to bring that challenge and maintain that challenge all the way to the Supreme Court. And, and that's sort of, you know, one of the frustrations I've had is they go, oh, you know, the government says, oh, this silly argument. They're never going to win. You're bound by precedent. Great. Cool. I have to do this. I have to convince minds and hearts because I think ultimately we're in the right. And whether it takes this case or a case after, we will win. So what happened to Lesh Below? And then where are we now? So Lesh Below, uh, he lost his trial before the magistrate judge. He lost on on two counts, which, mind you, if if jail time was alleged, he would have had they were two six month terms. They'd be a year total. Still doesn't get a jury. Uh, we appeal that to the district court. It's a judge. year and one day, right? You have to be a year and one day to get a jury. I think. No, you got to be sick. The, the, the offense has to be yeah. uh, eligible for a year or more, right? Yes. So you can stack six month offenses yeah. and not get a okay. Not get a his his a initial jury. charging. I believe it was five counts, each with like a six month term. So he had thirty months. We don't let lawyers do math. I think that's right in in real time. 30 months and he didn't get a jury and he could have lost 30 months of his life with no jury. And that's that's the thing that's deeply frustrating. I think every American listening to this should be mad about this. Um, And, you know, we hear one of the criticisms is like, well, wouldn't that flood flood the court system? And there's a whole lot of reasons why. But as between judicial economy and enumerated constitutional rights. Enumerated constitutional right yeah. wins. It doesn't <laughs> yield to judicial economy. NCLA is not big on judicial economy and defeating individual rights. That's yeah. not. Yeah, well, that's and, not and our, I will say that the stacking thing shocks me. I'd never thought about it. Yeah, uh, I'd never thought about it before. But of course, I mean, even if you don't, if you want judicial economy, don't stack these things. Well, you know, it, I mean, if, if how about prosecutorial economy? Exactly. Or, I mean, or, or, or you know, they do that all the time. They overcharge. They do all that stuff. And then they say, hey, well, we're allowed to stack. I mean, that's that's amazing. 30 months. And, so, and do we have a deal for you? Usually yes, exactly. Say, right? yeah. And we've got so you've got two you've got two counts. And what is being appealed um, to the. So so it's the 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 violation 
of the use of an over snow vehicle mm-hmm. on what's effectively quote unquote closed land. Right. And then, and that's its own regulation. And then the other is the commercial use regulation. Our arguments as to the over snow vehicle is that the, uh, that they just never proved it because under the regulation, they're required to publish a map available to people to know what land they can use and what land they can't. Um, where he was snowmobiling was one cause as a result of COVID closures, not necessarily on the map. But at trial, they never produced the map and said this map that is dated was available. The judge found a map online on the Forest Service. On the Wayback Machine, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, on the Wayback Machine or just sort of (laughs) floating out there and said, oh, yeah, well, this map is here and I take judicial notice of it. And one of the things that, you know, we use judicial notice a lot. It's a very helpful practice for evidence for attorneys. The idea of judicial notice is you take judicial notice of something that's so clear and obvious and trustworthy that that you know it doesn't it doesn't need sort of additional. And so that's also one of the arguments we just say there's a full failure proof on the snowmobile issue because they never put the map and they never proved that the map was there. And that's the regulatory trigger that a map was available and it could be viewed. And that's their burden. That's their burden to carry. And it's not the judge's job to satisfy their burden. That's that's the oddest thing to me is that because the, the map element is like an element of the crime, it is very odd to me that the judge sort of stepped in and found one. And what they've said on appeal is, well, we use the Wayback Machine and we can tell that it may or may not have been on. And our point is, and, and courts have said no to the Wayback Machine, the Fifth Circuit, Federal Circuit, they've called it into question because it's it's privately maintained. It's It sort of scrolls the internet. It creates archives. It can be a great research tool. But even on the Wayback Machine itself, it says, like, there's this is this isn't trustworthy. We can't guarantee the content that's on here. And so particularly that it was on there by a certain date. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the things that the government says is, well, you know, he found that the, the judge found this map in uh, the fall of 2021. So it's reasonable that it would have been on the website in April of 2020. Well, no, there's like, uh, what's that? 18 intervening months. Yeah. And I seem to remember a bunch of government employees being sent home in March of yeah. 2020. Yeah. And so so th- there's all these oddities. So we're up on appeal. We're challenging this year on the map, we're challenging the free speech issue that arises. Say more about that because we only have. Yeah. A oh, and yeah. Half left. So the free speech issue is, you know, the the proof that they that David did commercial activity is the image he put on Instagram. His own Instagram, not, his own not his own personal, not a, not on Vertica, no cross posting, like I said. Um, and so that image is is protected speech, and so it cannot form the basis of it. And one of the problems that we talk about too is there's a. People call it non-delegation. We call it a vesting issue. And there's this broad delegation to the Forest Service to sort of the secretary to do uh, what's necessary to protect forest lands, occupy use, whatever. And they've put regulations in like this. And then they start using them. You're like, Congress never said you could outlaw speech. You know why? Because Congress can't outlaw speech. And that's where sort of this vesting issue comes in. Making laws that criminalize behavior is purely the province of, of Congress. It cannot vest that in an agency. And so that's one of the issues that we're fighting, too. What circuit are you in? I haven't asked that. We're in the 10th Circuit, which is based out of Denver. 
All right. And um, you just filed the reply brief? Uh, the re reply brief will be filed tomorrow. So it'll be available on our website as of Friday the 13th. Oh, well, that's not good when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's... Uh, it'll, be, it'll be scary for the government. <laughs> so so in, in any event, um, well, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be watching this case. And I think the next thing that happens is hopefully you'll get oral argument. That's what we're hoping for. And hopefully sometime next year. All right. Well, hopefully the people in Colorado will have their free speech rights protected. Thank you very much for being here. Kara. Thank you for having me.